following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Hoare, Wisconsin. It was preached on Easter Sunday, April 17, 2022, on the basis of 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 57. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Well, if you really believe that, then there's a bridge in Brooklyn that I'd like to try to sell you. Have you heard that expression before? If you're anything like me, you've heard that expression for a long, long time, but you never really knew what it meant, and so recently I decided to, to actually look it up and figure it out. Well, it turns out back in the very early 1900s, there was a con artist by the name of George Parker who liked to con unsuspecting victims into purchasing various landmarks in and around New York City, including the Brooklyn Bridge. Parker especially liked to go out to, to Ellis Island where every single day there were countless immigrants stepping off boats. Immigrants who didn't really know how things worked here in America, but they did know that it was a land of opportunity and they knew that they had lots of money in their pockets to try to invest and so they evidently were his easiest victims. Legend has it that George Parker was actually able to convince someone different to buy the Brooklyn Bridge two times every week for 30 consecutive years running. That's probably a bit of an exaggeration, but evidently he was at least successful enough in his con that an expression was born. An expression that some people might use about you considering where you are and what you're doing this morning. In church, on Easter Sunday, saying things like, Christ is risen indeed, no less. I mean, it's one thing to think that maybe going to church is worthwhile when you need some sort of moral instruction or moral improvement for your life. Maybe when life gets hard and you're feeling a bit down, you might think it'd be good to go to church to sort of pick you up. You might think that it's a good thing to be a part of a church so that you can find community, people that you know, people that you can get along with, or maybe that you can feel as though you're part of some sort of positive influence in the world. But to actually buy into all of those miraculous, supernatural, and in fact unscientific stories that are found here in the Bible, including what is undeniably the biggest whopper of them all, that a man who had died on a cross on a Friday, on a Sunday morning, came back to life? Did you just step off a boat? Well, believe it or not, the words that are in front of us this morning are in front of us because there was a group of people who had been conned. Paul wrote these letters to the, wrote these words to the Christians in Corinth because they had been fooled. They had been fooled not because they believed that Jesus had risen from the dead. That part was absolutely true. Paul had seen it for himself and so had countless other eyewitnesses. But they had been deceived because they failed to see the implications that Jesus' resurrection had for them. They had been fooled by the greatest con artist that our world has ever known, and that con artist is death. 
In this morning's reading from Isaiah, you heard death referred to as a shroud. Death likes to pull the wool over our eyes, you might say. Death can very easily fool us into believing things that are not true. In fact, death is very good at fooling people, even people who are in church on Sunday morning, on Easter Sunday morning. Well, thankfully, through these words, the Apostle Paul is going to help us see that con artist called death for who he truly is. As we look at these verses from 1 Corinthians 15 this morning, Paul is going to warn us. He's going to say, don't buy what death is selling until you've looked in Jesus' empty tomb. So what exactly does death try to sell us? Well, in order for us to understand that, we need to first of all remember how God created us and what God created us for, going all the way back to the beginning. All the way back in the beginning, God created us as human beings to be and to have, first of all, a physical, visible body, and second of all, an invisible, immaterial soul. God created us for those two things to be joined together and to stay together forever. But then, of course, death came along and ruined it. And as soon as death ruined it, death started trying to con human beings into believing things that were not true. Death tried to convince human beings to, to maybe move the goalposts a little bit, maybe settle for something that was just a little bit less, a little bit inferior to what God had originally created us for. Death tries to, to sell us to settle for a consolation prize. For example, death comes along and says, you know, this life is really all there is. Or at the very least, you probably should act as though this life is really all there is. Make the most of it. Try and squeeze every last drop of lemonade out of this lemon while you have the time. And that especially includes cherishing every single moment that you have with your loved ones because eventually those moments are going to run out. And of course, eventually they do run out, right? We know the pain of having to say goodbye to a loved one. Oh, but then death comes along and tries to console us again. Death says, well, at the very least, we can, we can hang on to the memories. In fact, death even tells us that we can keep that person alive in our hearts by remembering all the good times that we had. Of course, death affects each and every one of us long before we or anybody that we know actually enters a grave. Getting older is fun and exciting for about the first quarter of your life. And then after that, it's kind of a drag, isn't it? The older you get, the more that needs to be fixed or medicated or removed or replaced. And so again, death comes along to try and console us and make us feel better. Death tells us that this physical body of ours that is in the process of decaying and breaking down, it's just a, it's just a shell. Unnecessary at best, unwanted at worst. The real self, the real us is that inner invisible self. That's the voice that always needs to be listened to and whose desires always need to be pursued. And then, of course, when death finally does come along, death would like to tell us that that's actually freedom, that finally we leave that shell behind as it's buried into the ground. Meanwhile, that inner immaterial part of us flutters off into heaven where we float on the clouds for all eternity. 
That's what death is trying to sell us. The Apostle Paul says, don't buy it. Don't buy it for a second. Why? Because one day death is actually going to be swallowed up forever. One day death will be no more. And when that day finally arrives, there will be some people who are still alive. Paul says that they will be transformed. When that day arrives, there will be some people who are, of, co- who are of course, in their graves. Paul says that they will be raised. But here's what both groups have in common. Both groups will once again enjoy the life that God created for us, where body and soul are once again reunited. Death is not some escape out of a dying world and out of dying bodies. Instead, the salvation that God provides is actually rescue for a perfected world that we will get to enjoy with perfected bodies. So what that means is that you don't have to worry and fret about squeezing the most out of every single moment that you're given in this life. Instead, you are set free to spend your time in this life investing in the life where the moments will never run out. You don't have to worry and fret about hanging on to those memories that you have with all of your loved ones. You don't have to feel guilty if enough time passes and suddenly you find yourself having a difficult time picturing their face or remembering what the sound of their voice is like because the day is going to come where with your own eyes you are going to be able to see that face again, with your own ears, hear their voice again, and even with your own arms, have them in your embrace again. We don't need to picture our eternities as some sterile spiritual existence that only our souls go to enjoy instead. Again, God is rescuing us for a physical world that will be perfected to enjoy with physical bodies that will be perfected. Death tries to get us to move the goalposts. Death tries to get us to settle for consolation prizes. But don't buy what death is selling until you've looked into Jesus' empty tomb. Now let me ask, do you think that while we wait for that day to finally arrive, suddenly death is magically going to be all better? That losing loved ones is suddenly going to be easier? Or that growing old is suddenly going to be a whole lot more fun? No, in fact, I I think the opposite is actually true. When, When we fully realize just how far humanity has fallen from that perfection that God originally intended for us, it kind of makes death sting even a little bit more. Well, don't worry, death comes along and it's got something else that it would like to sell you to try and numb that pain. See, death wants us to trust it. In fact, that's what a con artist does. A con artist wants people to have confidence in him. And that's exactly what death would like us to have. After all, we even say it, right? Death is one of just two things in life that is absolutely certain. In fact, the other one, by the way, is due tomorrow, just to give you a heads up. But death wants us to believe that very thing, right? That death is, is just a part of life. Sure, nobody wants it. Nobody wanted it here in the first place, but here it is. It's just normal. It's just natural. We should just learn to accept it 
And maybe when death comes along and touches a little bit close to home, when it claims another victim, maybe that will help numb the pain. Maybe that will make the sting go away. That's what death would love to sell us. The Apostle Paul says, don't buy it. Not for a second. Yes, death does in fact have a sting, but not just a sting that makes it hurt. Death has a deadly, poisonous venom that is the cause of it in the first place. And Paul tells us that that deadly venom is sin. As a result, there's really not in that sense anyone who is truly a victim of death, not an innocent victim at least. We all go down to the grave with blood on our hands, our own. In fact, that's what makes death hurt so much is that deep down we know it's our fault. Now, in case we might want to object or push back against that idea, unfortunately, the Apostle Paul leaves us no out. Paul says that there is something that gives that deadly venom its power, and that power is found in God's law, God's standards, God's expectations for us as human beings. We, of course, would like to come up with the standards ourselves, right? We'd love to say, well, here's what a a really good life looks like. Here's one that's not quite that good, but okay, it's good enough. And this is what one looks like that definitely falls short. We don't get to come up with those standards. We don't get to make those rules. The power that gives sin its sting is God's law. And under the piercing light of that law, it is revealed, it is shown to be patently obvious that each one of us has that deadly venom of sin coursing through our veins. Friends, that's why Easter is so important. Yes, there is a victory over death that is waiting for us in the future. That day when death will be swallowed up forever, but there is a victory over death that we have and we can enjoy right now. In fact, that victory became ours the moment Jesus stepped out of his grave. His resurrection from the dead proves that that venom of sin has been paid for. His resurrection proves that that power of the law has been perfectly fulfilled. That is the victory that Jesus won and that is the victory that he won for us all. Yes, death is still very much a part of our world but it is like a punch-drunk boxer that is already in the process of going down to the mat, but while he's going down, he's going to make sure to go down swinging. Don't let him fool you with his lies. Don't put your confidence in him for one second. Death is not normal. Death is not natural. There really are no innocent victims when it comes to death, but thanks be to God, there is one victor over death. So don't buy what death is selling until you've taken a look in Jesus' empty tomb. In fact, that's probably a a good thing to do in general if you want to avoid getting conned. Taking a look inside something that you've purchased is probably a good idea in general. In fact, it is connected to another common expression that has to do with con artists tricking people into buying things that don't have any worth. Not buying a bridge in Brooklyn, but instead buying a pig in a poke. Has anyone heard of that expression, buying a pig in a poke? 
All right, now when there was, uh, somebody in the back. There we go, one person. Okay, so going all the way back to the 1500s, there were farmers who would show up at markets and they would sell people these young suckling pigs and they would put these pigs in bags that were known as pokes. By the way, that's where our word for pocket comes from. But there were also con artists who would show up at those same markets, and s- but instead of having a pig in that bag, they would put a much less valuable cat in the bag. And if the customers didn't take a look inside of the bag, then they would be conned, they would be fooled. But if instead they took a peek at what was inside of that poke, well, then the cat would be out of the bag. And even though the Apostle Paul didn't have that expression when he was around, that's essentially what he is telling us in these verses. He wants to let the cat out of the bag. In his words, he wants to reveal to us a mystery. That once Jesus got out of his tomb, all of death's secrets got out with him. Death would love to sell you on the idea that the best you can hope for is to settle for a consolation prize. Don't buy it. Death would love to sell you on the idea that it's normal and it's natural and maybe that will help numb the sting. Don't buy it. Instead, do what the Apostle Paul did with death. Taunt it. Mock it. Jeer it. Throw at it the very best trash talk that you can possibly think of as long as it's appropriate for church on Easter Sunday morning. Where are you at, death? Where, oh death, is your sting? Where, death, is your victory? Sorry to tell you, death, but all your dirty little secrets are out of the bag. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen.